Hey, I'm Sheena, former miserable corporate attorney turned full-time calligrapher and creative entrepreneur. I used to feel like I was living my life for other people, and now I am more true to myself than ever. And each week, I'm sharing a short but powerful lesson that I've learned on that journey. So if you're looking for a way to get more creativity and possibility into your life, you're so in the right place. Let's dive right in. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to The Sheena Show. So I have decided that this is going to be the final episode of season one of The Sheena Show. This is episode 35. I like that nice round number. I'm also recording this right at the beginning of November 2021. This is going to come out at the end of November and I always just, for my personal sanity, my values, so I can live my life, so my team can live their life, I like to take it easy in December. So I'm going to continue doing that and building my business the way that I want it to be. So that's all to say. (laughs) This is uh, the end of season one, the final episode. We will be back in January with season two. So you don't have to take too long of a break, but... As I was thinking about what I wanted to talk to you about this week, and I just, you know, was kind of brainstorming topics and, ooh, I could teach strategy and I could talk about this email and maybe interview some people. But really, at the end of the day, what I want to share with you in this final episode of season one is the most important lesson that I have learned in my life and about life. And it all comes through my own personal experience. And I know that this is the kind of lesson that sometimes it doesn't really sink in (laughs) until you have personal experience. But I'm still hoping that by sharing this with you, it gets you a little closer because this lesson and following it and always trying to abide by it, it has 180 changed the course of my life. The lesson is this. You gotta fucking go for it. Don't assume that you have all the time in the world. Don't assume that you can just do it later, next month, next year, in five years, after you get this done, after you earn this degree, after your kids are a certain age, after you're a certain age. You just don't have the time that you think you do. And I know that sounds so morbid and so such a downer, like, okay, Gina, you're really gonna share that piece of advice with us. But look, I'm just gonna say it and I'm gonna tell it to you in a really tangible way with a really tangible story so that it sinks in. Cause this illusion that we just, we have time, maybe in another life, maybe in 10 years, that illusion that, is what keeps us stuck in the safe place when really we want to step into the brave place. The really tangible story I want to tell you is about my best friend, Andrew. I'm going to cry. I'm probably going to cry in this episode. That's okay. Um, I should have had a Kleenex handy, but anyway, my best friend, Andrew, I want to tell you about him. I want to tell you about his life and I want to tell you how he died. And I want to tell you what that taught me and what I hope it can teach you. (laughs) Maybe some other people, you know, maybe it can inspire people. Andrew was my absolute best friend. We knew each other 
since high school. So we met when we were 14 years old. Uh, we went to the same high school. We were both kind of wandering around on the first day, knowing some people, but not knowing a lot of people, trying to get our bearings, trying to figure out who was going to be our group. And we just found each other. And he was dorky. I was dorky. <laughs> we were both into anime. Um, he was just this kind of tall, skinny, lanky, like really nerdy um, Vietnamese guy. And we just, we just clicked. So we were you know, friends in high school. And then, you know, around junior year, the last two years of high school, we got really close. And we just, this was the nineties, y'all. We would go to each other's houses and I'd just watch him play video games on his Super Nintendo <laughs> or bowling. There wasn't that much to do back then. We didn't have really like the internet and phones and stuff like we do now. So th that was us, best friends. We went to different colleges. I was the first person that he came out to he was gay and he, he chose to tell me first. And I always felt super honored by that. And I just kind of watched him blossom and grow. And, you know, I went to New York to go study law and I lived there for six years. But when I, when I came back to Los Angeles, was working at a law firm, living in my own place for a couple of years. But when I finally decided to quit law, and I had over a hundred thousand dollars of law school loans left and I had no job lined up and I didn't know what I was going to do. And I knew I just needed some time. Guess where I went? Guess where I went to live with Andrew. He, um, had bought a condo in Hollywood and he had an extra bedroom that he happened to have like no roommate for at the time. And so he just, he was like, yeah, come live with me. <laughs> so I did. And we just like, we're like Will and Grace, <laughs> if anybody's a, a fan of that sitcom. For three years, we lived together and just had the most amazing time. And he watched me as I struggled to figure out what I was going to do with my life, as I, you know, helped kids with their college essays and did law jobs here and there and became a personal assistant to an interior designer. He helped me start crooked calligraphy. Like when I went to my first pop-up markets and when I was designing my first greeting cards, he was the first person I would show like, Hey, what do you think of this? Do you, do you think anybody would buy it? I took over the entire <laughs> dining room table with my, um, display, the first display that I, you know, was going to go and sell at a market with. He helped me, like he came with me and he helped me set up and he helped me sell over the weekend. And, so he was just there at the very beginning. And then I, you know, I met my now fiance and eventually moved out after three years and came and lived in Long Beach and continued to grow my company. Still saw Andrew regularly and we would go hang out. We'd go to like the gay clubs in WeHo and just have the best time. And then he got sick. Um, in okay. <laughs> September of 2018, um, he was diagnosed with liver cancer and like pretty bad, like pretty late stage liver cancer. He was 37 years old, like went to the gym five times a week, ate pretty healthy, just uh, was kind of in the prime of his life. And it came out of nowhere. You know, he had been just feeling kind of a little bit odd, like really short of breath. And, you know, he finally went to the doctor and it was like the worst thing possible, the worst thing imaginable. So that was in December of 28, uh, sorry, September of 2018. And that whole rest of that year, October, November, December, 
I kind of remember as a blur of driving up and staying with him in his condo and taking care of him, you know, when his family wasn't there, driving him to the hospital, visiting him in the hospital, watching over him as he recovered from radiation and, you know, just kind of got steadily worse. And he died in January of 2019. Five months. Five months from when he was diagnosed to when he passed away. He was 37 years old. He seemed like the healthiest guy. And it just, no one could have predicted that, right? We assumed that we would watch each other get married and maybe watch each other have kids and, you know, grow old together and just continue to be best friends. Um, and we just assumed that and it's not happening. So <laughs> I've ever since that happened and, you know, obviously like it's been almost three years now and of course the grief has gotten easier and I think of him less, but I still, you know, I miss him and what I feel like I've gotten out of his life and his death was just the inspiration and the spark to fucking go for it. Because let me tell you a little bit more about Andrew. He didn't just live a normal life. You know what he did? Why he was in Hollywood, what he was doing? He was going after a dream. He, he, you know, his family came over from Vietnam on a refugee boat. Like he, you know, his was pushed to just go into accounting or medicine or, you know, something safe, something secure. But he, he even studied accounting, I think, or finance or something like that. Um, but he decided after college, he decided he really loved acting and he was going to go for acting. He was just going to try it because when else was he going to do that? And if he didn't try it, he would regret it. And so he did. He spent many years like auditioning and taking acting classes. And he was a really good looking dude. <laughs> he was like six foot two ripped, um, like chiseled, you know, uh, face, just so good looking. Um, so he was also, he got uh, modeling jobs as well. And he would like model underwear and swimsuits and stuff. <laughs> so, so he did that for years. He lived with roommates in Hollywood and kind of had lots of side jobs and worked as a waiter and worked in retail shops and kind of barely scraped by, but, but he did it. I'm so glad he did it. You know, he didn't become like George Clooney. He didn't, he didn't like end up becoming a, a career actor, but he had such an amazing time and he learned so much and he met so many people and he had so many amazing experiences. And then eventually, you know, he found a job and he bought a condo and, and he thought he had so much more time, but I'm so glad that a part of him was like, what if you don't have that as much time as you think? You should just go for it right now. What if you regret not going for it? And I'm so glad he did because I really think when I look back on it, I mean, when I was a lawyer, like just on such a straight and narrow path, like school, best college, best law school, law firm, you know, partner track. Like I was on such a straight and narrow path it seems kind of wild that I would deviate off that and become a creative entrepreneur. But really, when I look back at it, I had these little, not little, I had these role models in my life. Andrew was one of them. 
he went after something, even though everyone told him it was stupid. Can you imagine the reactions he would get, the looks that people would give him when he told people he was trying to be an actor in Hollywood? I mean, right? Everyone would be like, oh yeah, good luck with that. Oh, another starving actor. Oh, I bet you're a waiter. Oh, do you do side jobs too? Right? Oh my God. I, the, the stereotypes, the judgment just through the roof. And you know what? He didn't become a successful actor necessarily. That didn't become his career, but he was not a failure. That's the thing. He went for it and he really gave it a shot. And that's so much more than most people can say. So, I mean, when I look back at it, it really is like, yeah, he was one of the first people who showed me no matter what people say, if you got something inside you that you really want to go after, really make room for that. You know, there's going to be so much fear. There's going to be so much doubt. There's going to be everybody telling you no. And at the end of the day, you are the one on your deathbed looking back at your life thinking, did I live it well? Did I do what I wanted to do? So I, I'm so glad he lived his life the way that he did. And he, he died surrounded by so many friends. I, <laughs> the nurses in the hospital were like, we've never seen this before. There's so many people coming through here all the time. It was just a testament to, to how he lived. That's, I mean, <laughs> that's the story of what I wanted to share with you today is it's just one concrete example, right? But look, uh, we're at the end almost of 2021. God knows we have all of us all around the world gotten a real sharp taste of how quickly everything can change around us, how quickly life can be taken away, how quickly like everything can be upheaved. We're, we're still, I truly believe, dealing with the ramifications of that. I mean, on a, on a personal level, I know I am. I'm 2021 has been a struggle, but I think for good reason, justifiably so, because because it's, we need to struggle with the life that we've lived so far, right? And how it has been amazing and how we have maybe not done everything that we wanted to do and how maybe we need to approach it differently if we want to live it in a way that we all hope that we will someday. Because who knows about someday, right? On a personal level, like I, I got hit by a pickup truck while I was riding a bicycle, like freak accident. I just learned about, you know, another letterer and they're just in the larger lettering community that I really admired who he just died after a freak bicycle accident. There's just, if we look signs all around us that we, we just have now everything we think is guaranteed us. It's just an illusion. And look, that can make you feel scared or it can make you feel like, fuck it. Why not go for something? And you know, <laughs> um, obviously, and I've talked about this many, many times before, you got to do it in a way that is ultimately you feel <sighs> scared, but not completely freaked out by, right? And you can go back and listen to past episodes of the Sheena show where I talk about, you know, how much money I had saved and, you know, the backups that I had and how I actually went through, um, you know, thinking about, my decision to leave law and leave security and, and go for something really unknown. But at the core of it, at the core of it was the decision. I cannot waste any more of my life waiting for something to happen. I have to make it happen. So whatever that is, if you've been thinking, 
thinking about learning calligraphy, right? And you've been following me and saying, I really want to take Sheena's class someday. I get that DM all the time. I get that email all the time. When's your next class? I really want to do it someday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I totally have it on my list for the future. When is that actually? Or if it's not calligraphy, if it's something else entirely, whatever it is that you dream of, I hope you realize that like it's it's totally in it's in your power to decide when you're going to make that happen. The perfect time will never come. Your a fairy godmother will not come to pluck you out of your current life and put you on a different plane where you can live the life that you dream of finally. It doesn't work that way. I know that talking about cancer and death and and all that stuff is a little scary, but I just felt like I needed to talk about it. Like I said, the biggest the biggest lesson I've learned, the biggest mindset shift that I've had is I have time. I have a future. I have a whole other life waiting for me out there someday where I can do what I want, where I can be more of myself, where I can go after the stuff that I really want. Someday, when you realize that that someday is all not real until you make it real, it just starts to shift stuff. I hope you enjoyed (laughs) season one of the Sheena show. This one was personal. There was a mix, a lot of personal and a lot of tactical. And I really hope to keep doing that in season two. If you're listening, please, please just do me a favor. It's not even a ratings and review thing. Just, just hit me up on Instagram. I'm at crooked calligraphy, all one word, crooked calligraphy. Just DM me say, Hey, was listening to the Sheena show. Let me know what episodes did you like? What do you want more of? What really hits you? What sticks with you? And I'm, I'm going to take all of that and let it inspire me, but also just continue to speak from my experience and heart because the stuff that I feel like is the most important to share has nothing to do with calligraphy, right? It's not about the particulars. It's about stepping into fully you, not the you that other people expect, not the you that you've promised to others, not the you that you think you should be, but the you that if someone told you, you have five months left to live. It's the you that would come out then. It's the you that would say, fuck, I got five months. What am I going to do? How am I going to enjoy the rest of this life that I have? It's a gift. And Andrew really helped me to see it that way. And I hope that his story helps inspire that in you as well. Okay. (laughs) With that, thank you so much for listening to season one of The Sheena Show. I will catch you when we return in January. Hit me up on Instagram DMs. Let me know what you thought of this. Have a beautiful holiday season and stay on that crooked creative path. Hey, if you're interested in learning calligraphy and you want to do it for free, I have a calligraphy workshop that I created just for you. I know how frustrating it is to buy the wrong tools, to not know how to use them for everything coming out of your pen to look like nonsense. That's why I created this training. It's about an hour long. It shows you exactly what tools to buy, how to prep those tools, how to get started right, and how to continue practicing so that you actually get good at calligraphy. And bonus, it will tell you a little bit more about how to continue working with me if you want to learn calligraphy from me. So that's at freecalligraphyworkshop.com. All one word, freecalligraphyworkshop.com. Hope to see you inside. Oh, you're still here. That's awesome. That means that you like the show, right? Thank you for listening to the end. And I want to ask you a really quick favor. Could you take two seconds right now, literally right now, 
to just leave a rating on this podcast. And if you're feeling extra generous, write a one sentence review. It really helps more people like you to find this show. You are awesome. I'll see you next time.